Welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. Tim's here to take a long look at the sermon from last weekend about Abraham and Lot's decision-making skills, but before we settle near the oak groves belonging to Mamre, now that they've successfully tricked Pharaoh, let's welcome in our favorite, save my own skin in any way I can liars, Marin and Tim. Good day, guys. Good day. Tim. Yes. You're like a honorary host now. No Barry. Welcome. Wow. I, <laughs> I don't know that I it's could take It's the summer of Tim. Summer of Tim. Tim. Huh. You're like you're like way back and forth between here and your your dream lake home and yeah, family well, and all that stuff. So I don't know that we're I call glad it that you're here. Dream lake home. Uh, well, you've had it forever. It's when you it's talk about it, it sounds like it's like a dream. Like it sounds like it's pretty places cool. I dream about. It's cool. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful place, and and the. History of us going to the lake is generational. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, to that yeah. lake specifically? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think six generations, our ch- grandchildren are sixth generations. So. Wow. Yeah. So, my wife has no memory of not going mm. there. I mean, it's not my family, mm-hmm. it's my wife's family. Yeah. So, so you're you're kind of back and forth like each week so far this summer, right? Well, a little, not really. I was gone a week and then came back for this weekend, and okay. then I'll be gone ten days, and then I'll be yeah. back. I'll be back for quite a bit. I go back up in August, but do you bring work? Are you working at all when you're up? There? Oh yeah, I'm working a lot. It's Michigan, right? Yes, it's yeah. p- near Petoskey. So you're just like driving commentaries back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I have just full honestly, of if you were to go out and look in the back seat of my car right now. There is a big wooden, what used to be a window planter box, uh-huh. and it has maybe 14 or 16 commentaries. All uh, on the book of Genesis? All on the book of Mark. Oh, oh. I, <laughs> oh, no. All the commentaries on Genesis, I copied the chapters on, you know, I went and copied them on uh-huh. a copy machine so that they could, I could put all those commentaries just in a file. Okay. So I could carry 20 commentaries in a file. That's very wise. Because, uh, but the books on Mark, (laughs) they are an extension of my personality. (laughs) Like like I will quote someone as if everyone knows who Dr. Cranfield is. Well, who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. Cranfield. Heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we, it's a long story as to why I'm going back and forth, <laughs> yeah. this summer, but it's not my normal. Mm. Though I will say when I was a landscaper, we went for two months. Hmm. and That's I, pretty awesome. And my kids grew up summer. They, you know, this is weird, but they, I was told one time that you can tell people's social class by whether or not they use summer as a verb. Yes. And <clears throat> I, like we're summering? Yes, like yes. a summer home. They we're, summer in the Hamptons. Oh, my. Yes, they summer. And But my That's children. A joke. Yeah. <laughs> my children summered. I think I've told this story before, but my daughter trained with the Petoskey cross-country team, and my daughter, other daughter and son trained with the Harbor Springs swim team in the mm. summers. Oh. And Elizabeth became such a part of the cross-country team that they gave her the uniform at the end of her leaving wow. as if she was going to be on the team. And we, until, and they, they're all in their 40s, and until about 
I'd say eight years ago, we still got invited to the fall sports family <laughs> picnic for all the fall sports where they got yeah. together. Yeah. It's like they thought we were part of the family. Yeah. It's cool. Good. And you know that area. You know oh, yeah. That. I love that area. We've been going up there the past couple. We summer up there. <laughs> so uh, Lawrence family has been going like we used to go to Florida as like the family trip. But that was that was too much yeah. and very hot. In July, and so we go the other way now, and we go to up well, in that area. Boyne City yeah, is Boyne great and, town. It, yeah. I just read that it was named one of the top ten small town main streets. Yeah, in the country, really. And I believe it now. It's really nice. Boyne, yeah. it used to be a. <laughs> well, I've been going up there for cross town rivalries. No, but I mean, yeah. we go to Boyne City as much as we go to Petoskey yeah. now because it's so nice. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Marin, yeah, how are you? Well, I summer in uh, Peoria, Illinois. You do? No, I don't. Oh. There's there's a music <laughs> festival I'm going to in that general area, but that's that's my summer. Uh, you are mere hours away from graduation party my goodness <laughs> at your house yes first one first one uh, ever what's going on how how are you as a party planner <laughs> i everything is happening all at once right now so how my, is this gonna happen <laughs> exactly that's wait it's kind of what that was me that <laughs> was you last weekend tim <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Very nice setup with that one. I think that I would be a better party planner if I was not like neck deep in Grace Kids Camp right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> same exact time. Like everything is yeah. happening at the yeah. same time right now. It's it's a lot. It's a lot to carry. But we will have a party. Is it going to be outside? That was the plan originally, oh, right. but now there's rain in the forecast. So now I'm, I'm oh, no. having to pivot. It's not great. It's not. It's not great. My, my house does, I don't have a basement. Yeah. I don't have like a separate living room area. I have a living room. I have a kitchen. You just got to open the garage and let people stand in there. No one wants to stand in my garage. <laughs> Why? I don't want to stand oh. in my garage. It's like oil stains on the concrete. Yeah. It's, we don't have a very nice right. hangout space in the garage, but What's anyway. What's the like food? Food is always a big deal. Right. At graduation parties. Yeah. That's one of the things I'm the most concerned about well I have a couple of ideas so I had begun a couple weeks ago like prepping some stuff and putting it in my freezer and thinking I'll just throw that in a crock pot nice casual open house have a couple of things of charcuterie a couple of cupcakes Mm -hmm. we'll call it a day Mm -hmm. um but I just don't know like if what I prepped was enough so I reached out to um Dan Vos, one of my uh, faithful bass players, yeah. faithful volunteers in the team who loves Jaden. Let's face it. Every drummer, yeah. every bass player loves well, yeah. Jaden as a drummer. Um, and Dan is like a pit boss. Like, oh, yeah. Smoking and grilling and grilling, smoking. So I asked Don't him if like he. you're big shot. I'm not. Dan is. <laughs> I asked if he would be willing to like. Playing all the hits today. Tim. Do some, yeah. you know pulled pork or something like that. And he said he'd be happy to. Well, that's so, cool. Thanks well, for asking me. I, I, I'm a pit boss too, but thanks for, uh, thanks boss. for bringing it my way. Uh, see, I thought she was somehow changing the subject to the 500. Oh yeah. I didn't know what oh, she was. Oh no. Pit, pit. Well, I, now I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but I'm just not, 
up on the language of yeah meat. so i'm i'm leaning meat on cupcakes. my friends i've yeah, got friends good. who are bringing cupcakes i've got friends who are bringing barbecue and all right just That's gotta great. lean heavily on the friends right now <laughs> so friends bringing yard games should it rain is it who just knows? like you're like whatever happens happens at this point or or, or are you stressed i'm super stressed like it'll yeah. get done and <laughs> it will cost me greatly both oh, no. financially and in yeah. you know does Jaden look forward to this or is he like, why, why are we having a party for me? Um, he hasn't said as much. He has gone to a couple of other parties and they have ranged from like super casual, yeah. you know, like I said, crockpot thing or getting, you know, city barbecue mm-hmm. catered or something like that to like the one we went to last weekend had a Samano's food truck. Oh yeah. And like <laughs> all of the food was bacon wrap burritos. Free, how how did this happen? How did the graduation? Oh my, I, now, we're, now what, we're off and running. What was your graduation party like, Tyler? I don't know. Did, I, I'm sure there were meatballs one? involved. Yeah, I barely graduated, <laughs> so everybody was pumped. I, I think we were in the basement of my parents' house. Right. I think, but I don't remember. I, Mine I don't know. was like at a a rec center, but it was like a one room. My parents lived yeah. in a in a community that happened to have like a, Hey, if you want to have a birthday party, you can rent this space for $75 down payment and then get 50 of it back, providing you clean up after yourselves, that kind of thing. So it was like tables. Yeah. That was it. Uh, Food. Only people that had them when I, cause I'm really old. (laughs) Yeah. We're like really rich people. You're a grown up boy. I never, I, I, it would have never crossed yeah. My really? parents' mind or any of my friends. I had one mm-hmm. friend who was a year older than I was, whose family was very wealthy, and they had a, a an open house, and it was very formal. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing I remember. But goodness, it's been half a century yeah. since I graduated. So, Well, I'll say it again. I'm pretty sure I said it last year at this time. We're celebrating things people are supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to graduate high school. Oh man. That in and of itself, like I didn't deserve a graduation party well. because of my behavior <laughs> in high school. I didn't deserve it. I wasn't, I had no plans, no future, but I got one anyways. Like there's no reason to celebrate me and that. So I don't think okay. that that's true. I, I, I don't think that that's true. Like, well, thank you. It is. As I'm preparing for this party, it's a rite of passage, in my opinion, for parents to celebrate. Yeah, hey, this is this is what you've done over the last 18 years, and <laughs> wow, I'm supposed to do it. Okay, sure, that, that's that's the expectation. I guess yeah. that's the expectation, but it's still worth celebrating. Yeah, like expectations right. are. Well, he did graduate with honors. Met are are worth celebrating. <laughs> Wait. Stop. Jane did. Jane he did somehow. Mary sent he me a screenshot uh, or a picture of uh, the program or whatever from yeah. graduation ceremony, and Jaden Gaffrin's graduated with honors. Much so. To congrats. Everyone's surprised. That's, what was <laughs> congrats I, to Jaden? I love my boy, but he struggled. We all struggled. We struggled as a family. And again, I feel like that's all part of it. what we're celebrating. Yeah. All worth it. That now. is part of what we're celebrating is that the struggle is over right. and a new struggle begins. Yeah. The party. <laughs> no, having an adult man child in my yeah. home and navigating oh, yeah. a new relationship. Oh, and my. The, the, yeah, the new struggle begins. We're all miserable. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, guys. I'm pretty sure I have a broken finger. Really? Yeah. 
I'm not, you know, I'm not as spry as I used to be. Which hand? <laughs> my right hand. And the reason it's not covered, I've had it in, in a yeah. splint like the last couple of days. But the splint has changed. Like Sunday, yes. it was like a proper splint. And a then yesterday, splint. It, was yesterday like it was like a piece of sporty. elastic. It was like a sporty splint. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like a compression okay. thing. A I don't know if it's broken or sprained or what, but. What happened? Does it have, it's because sometimes can I can't really bend it. Sometimes you snap a ligament in there. Oh, maybe just, I snapped a ligament. I did that one time when we had a staff work day. Yeah. And I was planting all those day lilies that are now on the backside oh. and I was planting them out front and I was digging and it caught my, and it snapped yeah. mm-hmm. the ligament in my finger. And Did so it come it was, back? Did you have to have surgery? No, no. Oh. You just have to get it. You have, it, it'll grow back. It, you just have to keep it straight and in a. Yeah. Little, in a splint. In a splint. Where splint. is your splint? But the reason I, I'm not wearing a splint because I can't type. Ah. Right, I, I have a very typey yeah. job. Yeah. Type are lot. you typing right now? No, but I got to do the mouse and the sound bites and all that stuff. You could do that with your other hand. <laughs> well, <laughs> so anyways, I, I just want to make sure it wasn't your left hand. It's not my left hand. Cause that would have guitar nest. Yeah. Oh yeah. Somebody did say that. They're like, well, at least it's not your guitar hand. I'm like, yeah, but I can't strum with a splint on when, okay. Tim old story. Yeah. When I was a landscaper, I had to, find like a, a a phone line or something in the ground in the dead of winter. <laughs> and so I had some kind Why? of pickaxe to break up the hard ground because yeah. I knew the line was about 14 inches down, but I had to break through about yeah. six inches of frozen soil. And I was banging on it with this big ax and somehow I hurt the, my underarm, like uh, the muscle, something yeah. got hurt in my, under Broke my arm. Broke your armpit? Well, no, but what I it got did plenty was, of bad news for you. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, it <laughs> shut off the nerve to my thumb. Oh my goodness. On my left hand. No. And for two years, two years, my thumb was completely inoperative Whoa. while the nerve had to grow all the way back down my arm, wow. which it grows at like a very slow pace. Yes. And by then I'd learned to replay without using my thumb. Oh. Because I couldn't use my, because I used to use it, you know, to reach around yeah. and play the bottom notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's never. Did they I've tell nev- you what that was called? What is that called when it takes the nerve like. No, dead, they just dead said. nerve. Yeah, they didn't say anything. They just said, yeah, you heard it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to have to wait. Well, I had another back. guitar player friend who like, he wrote a whole concept album about like waiting for his hand to come back come after back. he damaged the, the nerve there. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Flew off the shelves, that album. <laughs> yeah. About his Concept nerve. <laughs> album about his nerve and oh, his hand. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh, anyway, yeah. So I know what it is. That, yeah. But that's why I'm glad it's not your left hand yeah. because I, I, I was despondent for quite a while yeah. because my thumb was useless. Yeah. And uh, well, weird injury. Yeah. Uh, Jed Gaffron asked me if it was a golf injury. Oh, did he? Yeah. It's not a golf injury. It's way worse than that. It. My wife was chasing her brother, who I think is like 12, 11 or 12. And 11 or 12 year olds are way more like athletic than I remember them. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so he's like running away from my wife who can't catch him. And she was trying to throw him in the pool. And so he tries to run behind me and I stick my arm out to stop him. And he just like smashed into my hand and bent my finger way back. And that's how it happened. Yeah. It's lame. Yeah. 
So plan hurt today. Yeah. Well, feel better soon. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Apparently put your splint back on the minute yeah. Yeah. you are done typing. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I think we mentioned Barry's not here. Uh, he is on sabbatical. So this is the first time we've yeah. entered into Barry's sabbatical pod world. We didn't do a show last week, scheduling right. conflicts. So here we are this week. Do we need to give an update on little Cleo? What is the update? Um, I think Cleo had surgery. Barry's dog Cleo got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the, what the, it was like a freak accident on the yeah, farm. And she, I, I think he mentioned that part, yeah. the freak accident part here on the podcast. Yeah. But the update was. <laughs> Both of us don't know the update. No, there was a, there was an infection yeah. that had developed, even though like the skin hadn't broken, uh-huh. they, they, they couldn't tell what was wrong. Anyway, long story short. Cleo had uh, some kind of surgery to address the she's problem. She's on the men. She's on the men. Vets think that she's going to be fine. But, you know, what a way to start your, yeah. your sabbatical. Yeah. 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 Good times. Good times indeed. Hope well, he's doing well. Glad that Cleo is going to be all right. Uh, but lucky for us, we started a new sermon series called Family Tree. And this is going to go, is this going to take us all through summer? No. Um, I didn't mean to be so aggressive on my <laughs> No. <now. laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, August. No. <laughs> It'll take us through the beginning of August, right? Yeah. We have nine weeks of this and then four weeks in the Gospel of Mark. Okay. So this series, Marin, can you kind of give us like an overview of what this series is going to cover? I can and try, why we did but this? Tim could probably do it better. All right. You guys both. You guys. Was oh, Tim's Tim, this is your brainchild. Yeah. Well, All right, Tim. No, you- no it was <laughs> Barry's brainchild. Really? That, yeah. Please I, tell us how this came about. Barry said, how about doing a series on the heroes of the faith. Mm-hmm. And I said, what heroes do you want to do? And then he sent me a, an uh, email yeah. with like 700 names. <laughs> oh gosh. Look, we got a lot yeah, of heroes. A lot of heroes. Well, it was not that. It was, but it was a lot. And so I said, it has to have some reason other than that. We're just going to talk about heroes of the faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I said, let's look at not, the big moments that everybody talks about, but transitional moments in people's life when they have to make a decision to trust God in a circumstance that is unexpected. Mm. And then we started talking about the fact that these people were not our heroes. There are just our spiritual relatives. And that's mm. when it took the, the turn to family tree yeah. that they are, they are a part of our heritage, mm-hmm. the things that happened to them have an impact on us because we're family. Not, yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. That, that's what it was. Yeah. That's where it came from. Did you pick each one of the, the people we will discuss in this series? Did you pick them because they each had like a before and after, like a distinct before and after moment? Yep. Yes, I, I did. But I think, I think I'd, it just was easy for me to think that way as I looked through the mm-hmm, list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, because the list was really long. Yeah. And I wanted to I wanted it to have some continuity. That's why we have so many people that are in the first part of the book of, in Genesis. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's continuity. So you can see that the issues run through the family mm-hmm. and the results of decisions affect next generations. So Yeah. So all right, so this is week 1 and we focused on Abraham. Uh, so Tim, what was kind of the big idea of what you had to share last weekend? Well, the big idea was, well, for me, what I really wanted people to think about was the fact 
what I've found as a pastor is that people often associate what other people do to them with that being somehow God's abandonment of them. Yeah. And this is a story where someone, where Lot does something which is a betrayal of his uncle's, mm-hmm. uh, his uncle's generosity towards him. And Abraham, who had lots of reasons not to trust God, chooses to follow God's continual leading in that mm-hmm. moment rather than allowing the, the what, what must have been a terrible shock and disappointment to him um, to affect his attitude towards him. Yeah. I, I, I am so, I've been surprised how often people say, I don't want anything to do with God anymore or anything to do with church or with Christians or anything. And it doesn't have anything to do with God at all. It has to do with something that somebody did to them or yeah. something that somebody that they thought was a spiritual person did has an a fall from grace or something like that. And they equate that mm-hmm. with God's faithfulness and God's presence. And I just wanted to be able to make a statement about it in a way that wasn't where I was saying, aren't you all so stupid to think that just because somebody messes with you that that's God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's where I was, where I was going with that. So you focused primarily on Genesis 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the story of Abraham and Lot. And you said you would rename the title of the story to Lot's like ultimate betrayal of his uncle or right. something. Self-absorbed yeah. Lot yeah. takes advantage <laughs> of his uncle Abraham's generosity. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I, it's it's true. Yeah, it's true. So what we know, and you gave some great context for heading into the actual passage that we. Uh, were challenged with and and part of what we know or knew about Abraham going into this particular story you said is one he's an obedient follower of God like God asked him to basically leave his family and right go follow him um and the second thing is is that he can also be Abraham can also be a save my own skin and any way I can kind of liar and that, and you illustrated that with the story of him kind of lying to Pharaoh and having his wife lie. Yeah. 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 Having his wife lie. You know, there's an interesting line of theological thinking that from that point on, because we don't know, I mean, for it to say that they brought her into his palace Mm -hmm. Is that's not a good. She didn't go there like to have her own room, and yeah, she would. That tends to mean that she was brought in to be as a or to be a wife, mm-hmm. yeah, and and that would imply all kinds of things. And yeah. there is this line of thinking that post that event, she doesn't really trust him very much anymore. And if you, oh, she the, wasn't down with it. Oh no, that's the last thing she wanted. I mean, can you imagine mm. that she she's with her husband and yes, she doesn't have any children, so she doesn't have any that, but she's got all their people and lots mm-hmm. there with his family and everybody's that is in her world is present. And then suddenly she's told by her husband to lie about her situation. And then she's taken in 
to a situation that she has nothing, yeah. no idea what, well, she has some idea what's probably going to yeah, happen. She has no control. No control. Yeah. yeah. And it's to save somebody else's skin. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So even heading into the story with Abraham and Lot, it's like you're illustrating Abraham sounds like a lot of the rest of us. He's a very normal person. Um, and we get to the story with him and Lot and um, he he's trying to be, you, you said he's trying to be a peacemaker with his nephew and offered him kind of any, hey, any land you want. Right you get to pick and lot ended up took all taking all of it, all the good land, all the good stuff and gave the wilderness to Abraham, which is a major betrayal. Yeah. What he gave him all the good land they could see. Yeah. Or he took all the good land they could see. That's why God wanted him to travel around and see the whole of the land that mm. he was giving yeah. him because it wasn't all terrible. It wasn't all, it wasn't all the kind of space where they were fighting over grazing mm-hmm. land, but, but, that being said, it's still in the moment. It's, you know, the guy that takes the whole pie. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so I guess, I mean, the, the, the writer of this is, is it, who is it? Moses? Who's right. writing this? Well, it's, un, yes. Probably. We'll, we'll just say Moses. The, okay. <laughs> yeah. I think when you think of it as Moses, then it makes a lot more sense. Okay. Uh, so we don't know. When Lot was like, yeah, I'll take all this, you you got, like, we don't know Abraham's, like, reaction to that, right? He was just. We don't, we don't know it, but. The end result tells y- us. Yes. Yeah. That he had a lot of faith and he gave him what he wanted. Right. Um. So, I guess, have you guys ever been, and, and thinking about what you just said, the guy who takes the largest mm-hmm. pie, I was thinking about that. And I have, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old <laughs> and every time the TV's on, but it's like lunchtime or something, they, they fight for the chair that is in view of the TV so they can watch. There's only one chair at our table that can see the TV and they fight over it. And, uh, or whatever, like, we're like, Hey, uh, here's some birthday cake. Whoever wants the biggest, whoever wants, like whoever gets yeah. the biggest piece they're not like, Hey, you have the biggest piece. You know, they're, they're always wanting what's best for themselves. Is that human nature to do that? Or is that like, I don't know. I I feel like what lot did was very normal. It was a normal thing for him to do. Be like, yeah, I'll take all this and you get that. Yeah. But he wasn't a toddler. Like he was (laughs) old enough to have known better. Right. What a jerk. (laughs) Yeah. He, he was old enough to have known better. And, um, it would be different if they'd never met, <laughs> no, but his dad had died a long time yeah. ago and, yeah. and Abraham had taken him in and made him rich. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, it's, it's a pretty clear picture of, uh, yeah, that's true. If you didn't know the people you're like, I'm going to get what's best for me and all you guys. Why would Abraham just accept Lot's answer. Yeah. Of like, I'll take all the good stuff. He's like, I've come all this way for you to not do this. So you're not going to do I, it. I have no idea. I think it was that he'd given his word. I think that mm-hmm. he had said, whatever you take, I will live with it. And then he took it and he's like, okay, my word is more important than mm-hmm. protecting mm-hmm. my own self-interest here. So I'm going to go along with what I promised. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, the story gets, Abraham saves him later with his Mm -hmm. soldiers. Right. And it's a story of Abraham not only living with Lot's decision, but also living with Lot's stupidity too, or bad yeah. decisions for himself, bad decisions in his own world. And so, yeah, it's a, it's more complicated as we go ahead. And Abraham shows himself to be a man of his word, mm-hmm. even in it at a greater degree. Yeah. Yeah. You said we could have spent all summer just talking about Abraham. I think so. And we only we're we're really only spending one week specifically focusing in on Abraham. There are other characters that will come later on mm-hmm, in the month right. that relate back to Abraham, but like how do you when you know that you've got to speak about Abraham, how do you narrow down <laughs> what you're going to talk about in the storied life of Abraham to 30 minutes? I wanted to talk about a transitional moment. And there can be all kinds of, I mean, we could talk about lots of different things. I mean, having a child at his old age and all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. I thought this was the closest that I could come to something that everybody would understand. Yeah. Um, Because betrayal is a common experience. Now, the one thing I didn't want to do was say, and then some of you have betrayed people. (laughs) Because I didn't want to go there because I wanted people to think about whether or not in their own having been betrayed, they have now blamed or at least ostracized God out of their life at a level because they don't trust him. I want people to to, because I'm old enough now that I can look back on the things that have happened in my life and see that God was faithful to me mm-hmm. through betrayal, but I can only see it with the long view. Mm, and, yeah. Uh, um, and that's why I wanted to talk about, about it. That was why it was pretty easy for me to make that decision mm. because a lot of what happens to him, like, we're just not, we don't have to move and, yeah. Go to Egypt because of a famine. Right. And I I don't I doubt that there's anybody at a that attends Grace who's ever told their wife to pretend you're my sister so I won't get killed. Yeah. So but this one, yeah, this one's common. Mm. So that's what I was thinking. So after this, I I don't know how long before God tells Abraham basically like get up and go somewhere. Do you know how long it was? No, it doesn't. It's the next thing in the story, but timelines are not really important. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And you, you talked about this, but Abraham's probably in no mood or position to, to do it. But you said you can kind of feel God taking him by the hand and like pulling him out of his. Well, that's true because the Hebrew there is really strong. It's a strong imperative. Get up. Arise. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's literally arise. Yeah. Like stand up mm-hmm. and get moving kind yeah. of statement. Yeah. And, and so he reiterates the promise that he's made to Abraham, mm-hmm. right? As he's doing this. He, he enlarges the promise that he's made. Yeah. He, he goes into that. That's where he starts talking about your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. <laughs> yeah. For a guy that currently has zero descendants. Yeah. And a 65-year-old, or at least 65-year-old yeah. wife. She's probably a little older. So 
believing I'm trying to put myself in the position of Abraham and like believing him again. Cause if I'm thinking about, all right, this is the God that says he goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. And, or he is everywhere. Well, yeah. he said that. Yeah. So I'm following him and I feel like I kind of just lost everything. And he's telling me these things that are impossible for me to believe. It had to require an enormous amount of faith just to like get up and yes. try again. Right. And then when he builds a second altar, that's the sign that he's yeah. serious about it. Mm. And it, those things don't mean that much to us because we don't build altars. But yeah. the, the building of an altar is not only a spot of worship, it's a place to, to I, I don't want to use the word entertain, but to draw the presence of God in. Yeah. And it's also a marker, permanent marker of that which God has done in the past or which it's, so mm. it's, it's like a sign of this is some, this is to make me think about what's happening. That's why, you know, they're always making piles of stones yes. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then the altar is also the, it's a space where it, that sacrifice at that spot is to draw God in closer mm-hmm. the aroma because they had this, I know it's weird, but they had a strong sense of the necessity to feed the gods. Yeah. So, yeah. So a couple things I noticed with this, um, one, when Lot was given the choice, he kind of relied on himself and was like, I'll, I'll take what, I'll take the best. Mm-hmm. When Abraham's given the choice to like get up and arise, like, I mean, he's being told, but he does have the choice to get up and trust again. Mm-hmm. He's looking like, he's looking to God for that. So Lot's looking to himself. Abraham's looking to God. So that's one thing I noticed. The, the first, the other thing is the first thing Abraham did was, uh, well, again, I don't know how long it was before, the, how long it took him to do it. But the first thing Abraham did after this was pack up and move to the Oak Grove belonging to Mamre. Yeah. That's a piece of ground. And eventually he buys it and is buried there. The, the in fact, generations are all buried in that same space. Yeah. And when he dies, he has two children, one by his handmaiden and one of his own. Yeah. And, and a very small piece of ground to call his own where he can be buried. He yeah. bar- he bought it to bury his wife. Yeah. And so the truth is that the promise was to Abraham, but its fulfillment comes in his descendants. Mm-hmm. And it takes a while before yeah. that happens. Yeah. Well, that's the third thing that I noticed. But the second thing, like he, he goes to this place and he, like we said, we, he builds this altar. And when I think of an altar, it's like, all right, this is the place for like physical surrender and trust and worship. So this is where that's where I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's just like a symbol of like, he's (laughs) re-upping kind of like, this is where you, this is where I believed in you before I believe in you again. So I'm going to build an altar here to, you know. Yeah. I I said essentially that the second altar was a sign of permanence of his of his faithfulness to yeah. God's promise to him. Yeah. And so the third thing is God's promise. Like he's promising things that just sound crazy to probably. And so it's not a matter of days before Abraham 
his faith is rewarded or. No, it's 30 years. Yeah, it's decades. Mm. And Mm. that, I'm always, I'm always like taken aback by that because it's so like, it's so easy for me to think of what happened last week or the week before or whatever, like recent events and be like, well, God let me down. But like this guy and others that I, that I know personally and other people in the Bible, it's like these people trusted God for decades before God came through with his promise. Not, and that's not a bad thing. I don't know, but it always like takes my breath away at the longevity of these people. But they got up when God told them, yeah, get up now, get up now and arise. And he got up. He, he might've had to wait, you know, 30 years to see any kind of promise come to fruition, but he got up, Mm -hmm. you know? And it, Right. There's an ongoing story of God's blessing on Abraham as he lives that life. He becomes wealthier and more famous and wins battles and he becomes a strong chieftain, but he has a, he has this weight hanging over him that he has no descendants, which in their world was a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huge deal. Yeah. So you, you kind of ended, um, by saying Abraham wasn't alone in the wilderness, God was still with him. He right. was present everywhere in every land all the time. And then you ended with a saying of Jesus, like blessed are the... Right, the Beatitudes. Yeah. Because the thing that struck me about that passage was that Jesus was talking to a vast number of Jews. So he's talking to the descendants of Abraham. Mm. He's talking to Abraham's family tree yeah. or, mm. and and that what he says are the kinds of things that you would want to hear from somebody who's comforting you in a great moment of loss. And that's what, I mean, I don't know whether Jesus was thinking about Lot and Abraham when he said those words, but they are absolutely the kind of words that Abraham would have, and it's the mm-hmm. word blessing. I mean, the word blessing is in there and this is, all of this is connected to blessing. And mm-hmm. so I just was reading it and I just couldn't help but feel that it was pertinent to the moment. And it's, these are, these are statements that can be seen as like proverbial statements, like a person who's mourning is going to be, is generally blessed. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, is that, but it could also be seen as a promise. Yeah. The language is such that you can see it both ways. And, and I don't think Jesus was saying it to be coy or cute. I think he was saying it because it's true. Mm-hmm. And it's the same kind of language that we need to hear from Jesus in the midst of our betrayals and mm-hmm. sufferings. So I thought that it fit. Mm. And I didn't even know when I was doing it, reading it, whether anybody was catching what I was saying. But I tried to make it as connected as possible because we don't have like a full um, transcript of God's interaction with Abraham. Yeah. But we have a pretty strong transcript of Jesus' promises to us from that particular passage. And so I... 
I felt it was important for people to hear what we have been promised in the mm-hmm. same way that Abraham was promised. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I feel like I could read each one of these Beatitudes and feel like it is God grabbing me by the hand and yanking me out of the chair that's, and telling me to get up. That's exactly what I Yeah, God, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs, so get up. I feel like you could add that as a tagline after all of these. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. So get on up. Get up. New King James. NLT. Grace Church. Five years. I'm indoctrinated. NLT. That's my fault, you know. I'm the one, I'm the one who made that happen. So... I came back from sabbatical telling everybody, you know, here's what God told me. He told me to go to the cross. He told me to be obedient and all these things. Um, Just in the past couple of weeks, it's like, I feel like I've kind of been tested in that. And, uh, (laughs) and so when I was listening to your sermon, that's what I was picturing. It's like Abraham, he, he was faithful. He was obedient. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I think God was test. Do you guys think he would, God was testing Abraham in the, these moments or was it just like, I don't, I don't think that he was testing yeah. him. I think that the circumstances just led lent themselves yeah. to an, an opportunity for him, for Abraham to trust that God was going to keep his word. Yeah. I don't know that every negative thing that happens to us is a test yeah. from God. Yeah. We live in a broken world. And I think what happened between Abraham and Lot was just, like you said, human yeah. nature, human selfishness manifesting in, mm-hmm. in, in betrayal. But the, the point is that Abraham was faithful and obedient and went to the cross, so to speak. Like that's all he did. He just responded. God's saying, do this. Abraham did it. Yeah. God's saying, I know you're hurt, but oh, he didn't say it, but it's just like, get up and do it. Believe in me. And Abraham's just responding and being obedient. And as I'm thinking about my own life, like, and and like we, we talked about, it it wasn't until decades later that Abraham can look back and be like, Oh, (laughs) God's been faithful too. And God's been, you know, here, here's the promises that he's coming through on. And it's, it, it, I thought, I just thought it was a great illustration because at least for me, like I I think in the, in the daily rhythms, it's easy to be like, I know I said, I'm going to go to the cross, but so-and-so did this thing to me Mm -hmm. or this thing just happened. And now I'm really upset about it. Where were you God? Yeah. How come you, how come you abandoned me in this one? Or yeah. Or like just being angry at a person or for these types of things. And it's like, this Abraham to me personally was the reminder Mm. that all God's asking us to do is be faithful and obedient and just go to the cross. And, uh, he will remind us that he's with us. He's a God that goes with us. He's not uh, a God that stays in one place. And, um, yeah, that was just really encouraging to me and a, a great reminder. Yeah. Tim, when you got really personal at the end of your message and you referenced two incidents where you and your family had felt the the sting of betrayal, did you have moments of feeling, where are you God? Or, or did that not happen to you? I never, I, 
in both of those situations, one was a, I had a sense that the, that any way that I could get away from the person who betrayed me the first time would be that God was helping me get away from them. Mm-hmm. So you felt God with you in that instance. I did. Now the second one, the one that's actually been redeemed or re- had reconciliation, I couldn't figure out why God was allowing this person to get away with such mm. so much um what's the right word? Uh he betrayed everyone at levels that are unimaginable. Mm. It's interesting though. I, I'll just tell this. Can I tell this a little bit at yeah. the end of that story? So, you know, the Ramaks, mm-hmm. our friends, Bruce and Barb, when they, just a couple of years ago, we were just getting to know them and somehow a particular town in, on, in uh, New England came up that they were going to go there. And my wife goes, we only know one person that lives in that town. <laughs> and he's a, and he stole a, pile of money from us he cheated us and stole thousands and thousands of dollars from us and and the the, the Ramaks go well we, we really only know one person and his name is and then they said the guy's name wow mm. and i said and so i was oh. breathless because i'd not talked to anybody about this for maybe 20 years wow and so then they wanted to know because they knew about the event Mm -hmm. but did not know that I was part of the people who were Mm. taken advantage of. And I don't know what he did, (laughs) but about three months later, I got a letter of grand apology with a great with, and started getting a check every month until that was all paid back. Wow. And I've, and that guy's actually on my prayer team now. Wow. The restitution was full. It's like he knew he did it. I don't know what Bruce said to him. How many years were between the event and the reconciliation? 20. Wow. 20. Yeah. Wow. Probably. Yeah. 20. At one point you said, I chose to let them wander off like Lot did. I I chose to let them wander off into their own Sodoms and stop caring Caring. about what happened to them. Yeah, While that, they were there. My, my, and, and I don't know whether this is Christian or not, but <laughs> the best thing that I could do in those situations was to hear nothing, know nothing, and yeah. to care zero. And so that I wouldn't have any sense that they were, they were winning in this situation or that they were doing well or that their life had tanked or that they had a disease mm. or that they're, wives had left him or anything. You know, it's like, I didn't want to know any of that stuff because I had an attitude that was so deep in my soul about what kind of people they were after what they had done to me. Mm-hmm. After the kind of close relationship we'd had together as yeah. not just business partners, but brothers in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure everybody has their own angle on everything, but that, those were really hard for me. That was that was a an encouraging statement to me. That was freeing to me because I think, like you said, this is something that many people can relate to, this feeling of being betrayed. And I can think of individuals right. that I need to 
just yeah, let go <laughs> because I, I can spend too much time being consumed with, I wonder what's going on with them. I wonder, you right. know, are things going well for them? Are things not going well for them? I just don't want to afford them any more brain space than they've already taken up. Right. And for me, they, during the spaces that, well, for one person, I haven't had anything to do with them, but the, they don't approach me as if they have any, they never have approached me in any time I've had to have anything to do with them with any um, trepidation or anything, because they don't feel like they, they, I mean, they did what they needed to do for their own self-interest in the moment. And they don't, I think I've said this on the pod before, but I have a very good friend who's a pastor at another church here in town. And he had a situation where he had to say to a person, and I know you guys have heard me say this, but he said, eternity is a really long time. And when we get there, we're going to have a great relationship. But until we get there, I don't want to ever see you, hear from you, or have anything to do with you. And I thought about that for a while. And I mm. thought that, well, that's pretty much what my attitude is about these situations. Mm. If, if it not been a casual conversation, the one would have never been, hmm. but I think God really wanted to restore it. And, yes. and, yeah. and I think yes. that in this, this case, that the, the man in the, in this instance, he wanted to restore it too, but he didn't know how to approach me. Wow just sending me money would have not been the issue. He needed to have something else to say mm -hmm. to me. And I don't, I just think he, he was ashamed of himself at some level that he couldn't, it took 20 years to get him to that right. point, but yeah. And yeah. And, that, and even that, like if I, as you said, you know, let them wander into their own Sodom, Sodom and stop yeah. caring about what happens to them while they're there, that might afford me 30 years of peace Right. While I wait 20 years of peace, while I wait and God yeah. might be working on that individual and 20 years later, we might be brought to a restoration that at one point seemed unimaginable. That has happened to me with one individual who came back two years later mm. to mm. apologize for the wrongs they had done. Mm. And and two years seemed like a long time to me, but 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and a lot of people don't ever get that in their lifetime. The person who hurt, harmed them, wronged them, betrayed them. A right. lot of people don't get that kind of closure. And so even knowing that you have one story of beautiful divine closure and one story that's not closed yet. I, and I don't, that would have to be an, I have, I know that we're told if you know that your brother has something against you. Well, my brother, the, in that case, in my case, it has not been, nothing's come of it. He didn't have anything against me. I have something against him. He should be coming to me. Right. By virtue of what, and, and we're always made to, I, I know that I'm supposed to be forgiving and all that stuff, but what it is is that I just am smart enough, I suppose, to know that if I open myself up to him, the chances are he's going to do something to me again. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and it's been a long, it was a long road of betrayal. Yeah. And, I just don't want to risk that right now. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the other themes that we're looking forward to in this series? Well, I know that d the next one is Hagar and Dave is going to talk about the fact that she is 
And he said this to me. I talked to him at length about the sermon. He's going to call her the patron saint of the miserable Hmm. because a lot of terrible stuff happens to her, and yet she obeys God when he says, go back to your master. And Mm. it says, literally in the Hebrew, it says, go back to the misery of your master is what Mm -hmm. it really says. And um, he thanked me very, what's the word, sarcastically for giving him that character. <laughs> I assigned that one to him. He's yes, but I had questions about that too. Because <laughs> I'm on the list and I saw who you assigned to me and I'm like, how and why? <laughs> Surprise! I honestly didn't. I honestly didn't assign anybody anything. <laughs> I just was trying to get everybody when they were free to do it. That's true. And And the order needed to be chronological. Yeah, I get it. I so. get it. So that so that implies that you're preaching here in a couple of weeks. Huh? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got nothing going on. Nope. Let's let's do all the things. Cool. Uh, so yeah, Dave's coming in next, and yep. he's doing Hagar. So, uh, so we're doing Abraham Hagar, and who are you? No, pre- then it's Amy after that, then it's and Amy. then it's me. And who are you preaching about? Grace Kids Camp. That's what I'm I'm preaching about. <laughs> Gird your loins. <laughs> yeah. right. No, so I've you got Jacob. Know. I've got Jacob. Oh, all right. And Jacob wrestles an angel. That's and right. that passage is crazy. And Tim, I need to pick your brain. Believe God. <laughs> you know, when I had my first child, Jacob, we named him Jacob. And I was 22 when we had Jacob. And one of the older dudes in the church, I said, Oh, he's a cute little baby. And I said, he said, and his name is Jacob. Did you name him that? Because he stole your youth. (laughs) (laughs) Because Jacob means, you know, thief. Yes. Yes. He stole your youth. And I was like, no, no. (laughs) It's like, what? what? It's not in the top uh, 10 reasons we chose that name. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, we'll have Dave here next week. We will. And I guess I'll just go ahead and say it here. Um, our new associate pastor of worship will be leading us in worship for the first time this yeah. coming Sunday. I'm trying to find a time for him to come. Yeah. Do the pod. Let's get to know. Let's get to know him. Get to know him. The week of Grace Kids Camp. Yeah, <laughs> might not, not be <laughs> the best time. But is he doing? He's is not he? doing no. Kids Camp. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Do you dance as well as yeah. sing? Yeah. yeah. That's funny. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. So uh, it's a big weekend, though. Yeah. Big weekend. All right. And then Father's Day is the following weekend. Yes. So. Do you guys know that one year they hired Tom Doherty to lead all the music at Grace oh, Kids at Camp? Kids Camp? Was he amazing? Oh, my gosh. He got he had, like, this all-star band because everybody wanted to play with him. Wow, I bet. And so all the kids are doing the regular stuff, and it was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, Good Lord. You know, yeah. Like he has this. I don't know. It was just crazy cool. Uh, and can we make that happen again? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. He the has bus. a Grace Kids Camp Age Kids. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we got it. We got to cover this week. Marin, will you please send us out? I sure will. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday.